0: Welcome into the Dub Catch. You know, typically we start this show with a look back. So, we'll do that real quickly before we even introduce ourselves or anything. Let's do, look back really quickly. Okay. Ohio State struggled at Michigan State for reasons beyond comprehension. For reasons beyond comprehension. Urban Meyer has a tough time with Mark Antonio. Not, not your comprehension though. I mean, that's
1: that's I can't make, make sense of any
0: out. of it. I don't want to make sense of any of it. It's crazy. I Okay. It was an escape. It was a win and in the words of Forrest Gump, that's all I have to say about that. I can't okay. make sense of it,
1: Johnny. Well, no, but I was skeptical. I was like, this is going to be a blowout. You believe in ghosts. Ghosts apparently are real. And I, I look like an idiot. And I just want to acknowledge no, that. I don't, but the, I don't the, want to run away the, from that.
0: There's no rational. Remember I said I'm irrationally nervous right. about Michigan State. I, it made no sense that that game was close. None. None. <laughs> and yet it was. Yeah. But I don't want to rehash it because, damn it, it's the game week. I'm Bo. Right. He's Johnny. We do this every week. It's the Dubcast. And, um, you know, before we get into all the X's and O's and everything, like the one thing that's, uh, interesting to me about this game is what it means to people in this part of the country. And we did the television show today and I asked, uh, Zach, and I want to talk a little bit about that because his life is so unique when it comes to this game. We talked about it on the show and I hope you, I hope you check it out at some point this week on time Warner cable sports channel, um, check your local listings. It's on quite a bit. Um, so we'll get to that in a second. But I also asked Eric and Tim, our two beat writers with Eleven Warriors, you know, ones from Youngstown, ones from the Dayton area, and so I'm curious from from your perspective, um, what what does Ohio State Michigan mean to you? What did it mean to you as a kid? How did it evolve um, from when you were in college at Ohio State, and what does it mean to you now?
1: Well, for me personally, or, or just kind of yeah, yeah, what for you, you. Well, so here's the thing. All right, and I was thinking about this. We talked about this on Slack a little bit uh, today, and. <laughs> Uh, Kevin was talking about how he said he can only remember, like as a human being, two losses to Michigan, which is—I mean, I know that I—I—I'm I, around you know young people all the time. I'm well aware of what they remember and what they don't remember. But uh, it's it's always an interesting reminder to know that you know some people's perception of of this week and this game are not what mine are or a lot of other people. And I was you know I was a big Ohio State fan. Ever since I was relatively young and and part of that was because I just really I always liked the running game. So I loved Eddie George and stuff. And, you know, he was he was obviously coming up when I was just starting to be kind of aware of what football was. And, I, you know, it, it was year after year of getting really excited for something because it was something I felt I was supposed to be excited about not only as like a football fan, but. I also internalized Ohio state as like representative of the entire state of Ohio. Right. So I was like, this is my team. Like this belongs to me because I'm an Ohioan it says Ohio state on the 10. Right. So that must be mine. And for them to like consistently blow it, even with amazing teams year after year after year, it was just this pent up build up rage. And I couldn't divorce myself from it because I liked it too much, but I knew what was going to happen at the end of every year. And the last 15 years have been, like, some insane fever dream. Like, it, it's, it's completely antithetical to how I grew up watching football. And so, I don't know. I'm kind of a negative person, so sometimes I always feel like the other shoe is going to drop. Um, but in retrospect, it's something that, you know, I, I went to Ohio State. My all-time favorite game was 2004. And I think that particular game is emblematic about how I feel about the game, which is it's not always about <laughs> the result. Not the result, but, like, what, what the potential, out like, like reward, I guess, is the word I I'm looking see. for. Okay. I don't really care about the Big Ten, right, I, championship. I mean, I, I don't yeah, care right. about, you know, national glory necessarily. I mean, I those are amazing things, and I love that, and it's fun to experience. But I guess what I'm saying is, is that I enjoy the game for the game. I enjoy it for the rivalry. And my first Michigan game that I actually got to witness in person was in 2004, and Ohio State, for about half that year, had a garbage team. But I love that addition, not just because Ohio State won, but because it wasn't about the reward. It wasn't about Ohio State going to the Big Ten Championship or winning a national championship. It was about beating Michigan. And and that pure, singular goal is so much fun to get involved with. And and I love every single thing that is built up into it. I think that's amazing.
0: Okay, so a couple of things that are interesting to me, because I've, I've been in Ohio now for 10 years. So the first game that I covered was 2007 in Ann Arbor. So the first game. It was the year after the game in 2006. Yeah. And so I married an Ohio girl. Um, her entire family has been here for three four generations. Um, and so they all have this in their blood. And if you talk to people of a certain age, they will talk to you about Bo and Woody forever and they will talk to you about the 70s, and they will talk to you about the 69 game, that they're still not over it. Um, <laughs> right. They will talk to you. Um, I've got friends whose dads went to Michigan who will talk to you about, was it 73, when Michigan got voted out of the Rose Bowl? There will, there oh, will be yeah. pe- people who will talk to you. If Then I will run into people. I'll run into Chris Spielman, and and I was ended up being great friends with um, Earl Bruce, and I would talk to Coach Bruce about, you know and he would go all the way back to the 50s and he would also talk about what happened in the 80s and then I became great friends with D Miller and I talked to to D about one of the most interesting things I ever did is I got like D Miller and uh, a bunch of the guys that played on the 90s a bunch of guys he was close with um, together and we sat around a table and we talked about what that was like to lose those games in the 90s right and and how how they're never over it, and I got to be good friends with John Cooper, and I remember walking into Ohio Stadium with John Cooper and feeling almost the stairs cut through him to me, because oh. it was almost like he can't, he's still not, you know, the fans still aren't over that the nineties, they still aren't, yeah. And there's uh, one of my great friends, um, uh, in through through the through my twenties was a diehard Ohio State fan, and he is about the same age I am late thirties and he cannot discuss the nineties like he can't (laughs) 15 years of beating Michigan wouldn't make that right in his mind. It wouldn't much like you. Um, and, and then I think there is a generation now in their early twenties, Johnny, who knows nothing but Ohio state dominance. Right. And, and when you bring up 2004 and you say, to only beat Michigan. The reason that that worked for you, my belief, the reason that that worked for you in 2004 is because you had in the bank the 90s. Yes. And and what the 90s provided you was the reason that that rivalry sustained the 90s is because Ohio State brought great teams to that game every year. <laughs> and Michigan took something from you that was so meaningful. <laughs> what we have dealt with since I've covered the game. 2007 Michigan team was pretty good. Uh, with with Jake Long, Mike Hart, Chad Henney. But from 2008 to 2014, what we dealt with in that period, that series of games, was an inferior Michigan team, with the exception of the the one-year Fick was the coach. And really, Ohio State, if they had their regular team and they weren't all suspended, and they're really a Braxton Miller mess throw from beating them even that year, um, that it wasn't the greatest rivalry in all of sports. No. We, we can talk like it is, but it wasn't. And and there's a generation of people that don't have a touchstone like you do in the 90s to say, oh, yeah, remember that? Do you remember 2006? I mean, 2006, <laughs> 10 years ago. Think of that. If you're a freshman at Ohio State and you're 18 or 19, you may not even remember 2006. <laughs> you may have no point of reference for that. Your entire Ohio State catalog is is one beat down over another. Of Stephen three and Tate Forcier and and uh, little boy Denard running the my boy Denard running the single wing. I mean, that's that's what the Ohio State Michigan game has been for for eight years. I mean, a decade of of nonsense. And for the yeah. first time in a decade, we have a game that you can say to yourself, "Okay, that's legitimate competition coming in here." Ohio State probably has a small talent edge, and we'll get into some of that. But it's but it's not a major gap. It's not like what it was in 2010 or nine. <laughs> I mean, Do you remember some of those Michigan teams? Do you remember oh, some of those yeah, early no, Rich Rodriguez I, teams that came to the to the horseshoe? I want to say in 2008, Stephen three was the quarterback of Michigan, and I'm ad libbing this. I don't know, but that's the way I remember it. It was freezing cold, and I remember looking down on the field and thinking. My God, they have... What is this? And well, everybody and imagine, knew it. Like, Nobody at you know, Michigan thought they had a shot in hell.
1: Right, and you watch really good Ohio State teams lose to Michigan in the 90s, and then it's really hard to overcome that when you think, like, well, sure. you know, we're probably going to beat Michigan. I, I was incredulous at how bad Michigan was at a certain point in this rivalry, just within the past, like, six or seven years, because I couldn't conceive of a Michigan game where I wasn't at least terrified right at the bare minimum of the outcome of the game. And it was weird to to experience that. And and honestly, like I'm a little sad that the guys that you talked to today, for example, on the show, all right, all Mm -hmm. of them for the most part, do not really remember that kind of terror, that sheer panic that Ohio state fans had uh, towards the end of the year. And I wrote about this today. Like I have this internalized, just terror uh, that builds mm-hmm. up slowly over the course of the week, but I, it's, savor it. Like I enjoy it. Mm-hmm. I enjoy the anxiety because it lets me know that this is something important. And again, it's, it's football, right? It's sports. I'm not mm-hmm. trying to make this out like life and death. But
0: no, I think everybody, I think everybody understands that everybody who consumes sports understands that it has this, or not everybody, but most people who consume sports understand that there's a, a place in your, in your brain that it, that it occupies. And yeah. you can take that part of your brain and separate it from the rest, but it matters here, you know? I mean, yes. and that's, that's the other thing I would say because I, I was in the South for a lot of years and I covered many of the big rivalry games down there at one point or another, whether it was Florida, Georgia, Alabama, you know, Alabama LSU or any of those things that happened. I was, I ended up being able to go to most of those games over the course of the 10 years I was in the South. And yeah. what, what strikes me about it, the, the, Difference. And I noticed that the very first time I covered an Ohio State Michigan game, and, and that was in 2007, was you could, when you were walking to the, either of the stadiums in either Ann Arbor or Columbus, there is a vibration that you can hear. Yeah. A buzz, an audible buzz that you can hear that is surrounding the venue. And it always happens on, on what is usually a miserable late November day, and it's cold. And you think to yourself, this is I think the collective feeling is this is one of the last things that I'm gonna enjoy until spring. Right?
1: <laughs> really? Yeah.
0: Like we have we're no, winter right. fighters here. We've got to get through this thing, right? And this is we look forward, we love I mean, fall in Ohio, fall in Michigan is as good as any season in, in anywhere. But it's over now and we're staring dead into winter. And this is our last chance to have something to enjoy until spring. It's right. And in the meantime, if you go to the Florida State-Florida game, which for the 90s was one of the biggest rivalries in sports, you know what they can do? The next day it's 68 degrees, and they can go play golf. <laughs> right? There's something in the, in, the make, in the climate, in the makeup of it, that it's this last thing that we have to get us through. And, and you can feel it on both sides. It just matters more. It matters more than any rivalry I've ever been in and uh, I've ever covered. And the other big difference between this and the ones in the South, if you ask Michigan who their biggest rival is, they will say Ohio State. If you ask Ohio State, they'll say Michigan, and there's not even a second place. Now, Michigan State will try to clamor on to Michigan, and sometimes <laughs> Penn State tries to clamor on to us as a rival or whatever. But the reality is that this is the game. There are people in Alabama who are Crimson Tide fans who, depending on how old they are, really feel like tennessee's the bigger game than the auburn game there are people in florida who went to the university of florida depending on how old you are that the florida state game might be the biggest or the tennessee game might be the biggest or the georgia game might be the biggest for Georgia, it's the same way for some fans it's georgia tech for other fans it's auburn for other fans it's florida here there's one and we all know it and that those are the that's the biggest differences johnny from the, the other rivalry games in the country and this one. So when people ask me, what's the difference? That's what I say. And I say, the other difference is this. If you live in Ohio or you live in Michigan, the one thing for generations that you could count on was Ohio State and Michigan football. They were going to make you damn proud to be from this state every single Saturday. If your Bengals were down or your Browns were down or your Lions were down, and those franchises have been down a lot, ohio state and michigan we're gonna make you feel good on saturday and you could walk around on vacation with a block m or a block o and you could say buckeye football wolverine football and be proud and and that that is why i think the, the game is what it is that's why these two teams mean what they mean to the two states and that's why it's different than any other rivalry from my perspective from an outsider's perspective
1: yeah. And, and I would say like just two things to that. So to your point, I mean, when I was a kid, again, I felt that Ohio state represented me like individually, John a Ginter, the outcome of this game reflects on who I am sure. as a person. And it, and, and to a large extent it does, it really, really does. And that's, that's weird and kind of insane, but it's also kind of awesome because it, it gives you a connection with other people that you don't have anything in common with, except for the fact yeah. that you're from the state of Ohio. And that means something like that kind of connection mm-hmm. is not something that is easily created. And in a country in a time period where everybody's losing their minds and we all hate each other and all this stuff. I just like that there's something that connects people in that way. Right. I don't have to know or like, or know anything about anybody else. But if I see somebody wearing Ohio state clothing on Saturday, I'm going to like give them a fist bump and I go bucks. And, and that's, that's a connection that we have on a human level. That's real. It's not just some TV thing. It's not just some like, you know, some goofy thing that somebody's going to write about. It's a real thing. And I think that's really important. Um, the second thing I wanted to say, I was thinking about this a little bit earlier. Uh, Spencer Hall over at uh, EDSBS wrote something about the Ohio State Michigan rivalry back in uh, 2012, and one of the things that he said about this was that um, the Michigan Ohio State rivalry has almost this like Northern European Germanic clockwork quality to it, where okay. it, it's 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 a it's it's a compulsory part of the society that always is there right like you can lose jobs at f- steel factories you know people yeah. can move in and out of the state or whatever but you always have this one consistent cultural touch to uh, stone that just is always always there and it's comforting like it, it is yes. a it's a important part of the social fabric of how people operate and communicate with each other and it's always going to be there and that's
0: that's what I was referring to a little bit with the pro teams. Yeah. I, sh- I should have expanded there because it, it's, and that's what I meant when I say, when you see people in the hat, those hats, it is a, you, you, that's exactly it. That is absolutely it. I remember being in Florida when I met my wife and she would tell people she was from Cleveland or Ohio and people go, Oh, I'm sorry. I mean, that would be the response that people right. would, get. I think how rude that is. That's I mean, incredible. Live yeah. in Gainesville, Florida. I mean, Gainesville, Florida. <laughs> I mean, not, it's a cow town, right? Yeah. But people would say, "There's no culture. There's nothing." But because they have winter and the, whatever, and so, but <laughs> so, so for people from Ohio or people from Michigan, you could say, "Yeah, but Buckeye football is going to kick your ass if we ever right. see you in the Rose Bowl, or we'll kick your ass on the field. We do this better than you do anything." You're exactly right. And Spencer Hall, I haven't read that, um but but he's exactly right. The the jobs go away, whatever. Saturday at noon you know this is 30 years ago saturday at noon ohio state michigan football is going to put a smile on your face no matter what you dealt with that week and it is hard to live in the north and the winters and all the things we choose to live here and we like part of it but winter sucks i mean everybody'd like to live in palm beach and have it be 80 degrees every day um but but well i've got a bit of that's the one thing you know I, i was just saying that that it is all of those things Yes, it's all of those things. And that's why it's special. And anybody listens podcast knows that's why you love Ohio State football. Probably it's probably been something that's been for many of you. It's been passed down for generations. And the same thing for Michigan. They're two very similar institutions fighting for the same thing from two like states competing for the same thing. And so it's the ultimate competition. It's different than everything else. We have something this year, though, um, that we haven't had. I don't know. I don't know if we've, I don't know if this is tough, but I don't know if we've ever had it in the rivalry because even if you go back to the, to the 10 years war, even if you go back to 1969 when perhaps Woody's best team is upset by Bo, um, I don't, Bo wasn't a known commodity There, I would imagine there was no, I mean, this was a guy who coached at Miami, Ohio, that that he wasn't, there wasn't a look across the way and go, I know what that guy's capable of. Now history tells us he was capable of great things. But we didn't know. Nobody knew what, what exactly what he was in 1969. Yeah, In 2016, I think we all know what Jim Harbaugh is. Right. <laughs> I think we all can look across the field and go, that's a worthy adversary. He might yeah. be nuts, but that's a worthy adversary. And for Jim Harbaugh, this Saturday means more than it does for Urban Meyer. If he, in his second year, can win a Big Ten championship, and I believe they would do it if they can get through this game on Saturday. If he can win a Big Ten championship, playing college football playoff, and have one loss in the regular season, that exceeds anything anybody thought he could pull off.
1: By a wide stretch. In year two? Yeah. Especially given the, the personnel and, and what the team yeah. was looking like when Brady Hoke left. I mean, that, was, that would be an unbelievable accomplishment on his part. And I agree with you with the Bo thing. I mean, Bo, you know, kind of a woody disciple. It, it, it seemed like really kind of incestuous, kind of insular, at least. Uh, but these are two superstar head coaches, right? This is yes. not, and, and that doesn't necessarily, I think, matter as much to Ohio State and Michigan fans, but to the rest of the country, this is a huge deal. Like, this, this really legitimizes, I think, the return of the Ohio State-Michigan rivalry. I mean, you see it with College Game Day having, like, a, a 12-hour show or what the hell they're doing on Saturday. Yeah, isn't it five hours? I don't know how they fill Yeah, which that. I don't... <laughs> fine. But I think this is a really big, like... If there is a really great game on Saturday, I, I think that, you know, for Ohio State fans and Michigan fans, the rivalry never left. But for the rest of the country, this means it's back. And I love that. I love the fact that it's going to get the national attention that it deserves. And that it will put it back on par with things like, you know, Alabama, Auburn or whatever. So I'm really excited about that.
0: And I think it's just the beginning because I don't think, contrary to popular belief, I don't think anything's going to lure Jim Harbaugh away from Ann Arbor. I, I know that there's this belief that he's going to go back to the pros. I just don't yeah. see it. I, I think that what I see with this guy, Johnny, and, you know, we're, we're – um, well we I mean, we won't unveil anything, but uh, there'll be a special guest and maybe a special podcast coming up at the end of the week, so we'll just say that, but um, one thing I would say is this guy to me, it almost is like he's trying to be Bo Schimbeckler. I mean truly he's <laughs> yeah, it's like right. he's trying to relive his childhood, recreate it, yes, from everything from the jerseys that they're wearing, the white pants you know harkening back to the seventies um. Hit him wearing that hat, just like the same M as as Bo wore. Uh, yeah. The glasses like Woody. Everything he's doing, he's trying to relive his childhood. He makes almost nine million dollars a year. <laughs> he spent three hundred and thirty-five thousand dollars on satellite camps this oh, year. God. He, um, which is, cra- I mean, it's all crazy. Um, yeah. He, um, every everything that he has done, and and also the hero worship that a college coach is. Because you hit on it. You said superstar coaches. There are no bigger stars in college football than Nick Saban, Urban Meyer, and Jim Harbaugh in that order. Yep, That's it. That's the list. It's those three guys. They are the kings of this sport at the moment, and they will be as long as they decide to coach at those three institutions. And I don't know that Jim Harbaugh can get that. There's no place in the NFL that's going to give him that. He controls his roster via recruiting. He answers to nobody as long as he wins. I mean, where in the NFL is he going to make close to $10 million a year, answer to nobody, and control his own roster?
1: Why the hell would he go to the NFL? Frankly, I don't know why a coach of their caliber would ever want to coach in the NFL, you know, aside from, like, getting the Super Bowl. But honestly, like, the headaches, if you have a connection to a team like both Urban Meyer and Jim Harbaugh have, you know, to the teams that they coach – never leave like stay there forever as long as you possibly can because it will your life will never get better than it currently is so i mean i I, he's clearly enjoying the hell out of it i mean it's you know it's it's really evident the way he acts and the way he talks about it um i also think he really really wants this game because last year i mean that was perfectly set up for a michigan like dramatic win and then ohio state went in there and just beat the ever-living crap out of them um, I think he wants this desperately. So I I, I am sure, really, yeah. really interested to see how this game evolves on Saturday because I think both teams are just going to be pulling out every single stop that they have.
0: I agree with you. I think last year he didn't have the horses. And yeah. I don't know if he has the horses yet this year. I don't. I, I think he's – the quarterback issue that's hanging over them is a tough yeah. one to try and deal with. I mean, we you just don't know. I mean, I saw the report. Um, we're, We taped this on Tuesday. I saw the report you know, that, that Spate was throwing in practice. But I mean, honestly, how, how can he be, how effective can he be? I know this, he won't be hundred percent. If he does play, he won't be hundred percent. If they have to play O'Korn, that's a tremendous step back from a talent standpoint. So, you know, I, I'm, I wish that Michigan was coming into this thing hundred percent and I wish I, they're not. And so it's cause for concern, but that doesn't mean there isn't a recipe for victory. There there absolutely is for Michigan. And I think as we look to the actual game itself, it's very clear to me that for Michigan to win the football game, we'll do it both ways. For Michigan to win the football game, they have got to control the clock. They've got to muddy the game up. I mean, I think they got got to be shooting to score, you know, keep this thing under 20, just like they did with Iowa or Indiana last week, 20 to 10, something like that. Um, You know, just muck the game up. Slow the tempo, Devion Smith just running the ball effectively. I would feel great as an Ohio State fan if L.J. Scott didn't do what he did last week because really Ohio State's defense has been lights out. But L.J. Scott kind of gashed him last week. Mm-hmm. So I have a little bit of concern there. But that you, you said he'll pull out all the stops. I agree with you. I think he has shown you a lot all season about with Jabril Peppers. But I bet you he's got some stuff up his sleeve. I bet oh, Jabril yeah. Peppers is going to throw the ball on Saturday. I think you're <laughs> going to see some stuff you haven't seen all year um, for this game. That's what I think Harbaugh's got. I think you're exactly right, and that's what I meant off the top when when we were talking about you know what it mean what it, when you were looking across the field and you see Harbaugh and Buckeye fans go well we know what that guy's capable of. That's what I mean. This is a program definer for him. If he can beat Urban in year two and win a Big Ten in year two that sets the table that sets him up in recruiting the next few years. It's a total game changer for him. He needs this one way more than urban does. Urban has so much good stuff in the bank. This is a much bigger game for Harbaugh than it is for urban.
1: What I think is interesting is, I mean, you talk about like kind of the matchups, the the non field matchups between these two coaches and what they need to do to try to, you know, one up each other. I mean, it, it seems almost like, they've stayed a little bit out of their way in terms of, you know, recruiting and other things like that, at least, at least recently, um, because yeah. urban's, you know, focus a lot more on like national kind of stuff. But one thing that I would say is that if, if, you know, Michigan wins this game, I believe that that is going to be a huge, huge, uh, not just game changer, but just cultural shift in how Ohio state approaches recruiting, especially in the Midwest, because you can't allow a Michigan to get a foothold in the places that you really, really, really want. Um, so I would be really like interested to see how or my respond to that. Now, granted, I really don't want to have to get to that because I want Ohio State yeah. to beat the crap out of Michigan sure. uh, on Saturday. But um, yeah, I don't know. I, I I think it's it the mind game between these two guys. I, I don't I don't see them hanging out on weekends. I just think they're very different people in a lot of ways. And, and yet
0: they're the same dude.
1: Right. It's the, the same approach. The... They're still they're, they're both fanatical nuts. about their sport. They're still yeah. nuts.
0: Yes, they're crazy. Both of them are crazy. Yeah. Jim's just more outward with his craziness. <laughs> but but Urban inward is Urban, I think, bottles things up, but Urban's nuts. I mean, he's nuts. Yeah. And 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 so is Jim. And if you so you, you to me, like you talk a little bit about Devian Smith and the and the key for Ohio State, it's Curtis Samuel. I mean, mm. I just think it's that simple. Like him against their linebackers is the mismatch of the day. I just don't know how they handle him. There's t- maybe Jordan guards him a little bit, maybe Jabril switch- switches over, but Curtis, same as the key, and he's got to get it more than eight times. And it- the weather looks like it's going to be good. So JT, who gets really affected by bad weather, I mean, yes. we've seen it. He really just is not the same quarterback on bad weather, windy, rainy. It looks like we're going to be 45 and you know partly sunny, so that there- it should be shouldn't be anything that to worry about. But those are the chess matches, right? It's it's and these are two guys who are master tacticians, and I think. From urban standpoint, other than Saban, and for whatever re- re- reason, D'Antonio, um, Jim's a worthy adversary. From a tactical standpoint, like I think he's got the mind to match him with adjustments, with play calling, and now I think he's got a team that's close. I I still don't feel they're there. Uh, I don't, especially without, and I don't think Spate's anything special. But anytime you lose your quarterback of a full season, that's a lot to try to replace. And I just don't think they're there ready to make this move. Um, But for the first time in 10 years, at least I could envision them winning. I could see a way that they could pull it off. And I haven't. That hasn't been the case for 10 years. So I mean, they had some suspense to it.
1: Right, and I would agree with you. I th- I think they have some holes. I mean, their their running game is not, I think, as impressive as they may seem on paper, or at least you know, statistics wise. I think they yeah, definitely. The
0: Smith kid is like he has, he alternates a great game with a non game. Like right. have, he had a great game last week, and he had 28 yards the week before or whatever. So I mean, it's just a, they're not consistent at all. Offensively. Exactly.
1: And that's the thing. If you've got a quarterback who is either gimpy or a backup, depending on who they decide to end up playing ultimately, and you've got a running game that may not be consistent, I think Ohio State would would feel good about a lower scoring game in general, just because you got the home, you know, you got the home crowd. Um, ideally, you can make some adjustments at halftime and kind of figure out what the Michigan defense is throwing at you. I mean, I agree with you, Curtis Samuel. He's, I mean, he's got to be the dude on Saturday. He cold. has to be getting more touches than anybody. Um, it'll be like the thing that I am really curious about is how coaches they always talk about they save something for the game right they, they save something for the sure. game that, that's yeah. not always true sometimes they do sometimes they don't but I feel yeah. like they have been trying to establish concepts with Marcus Baugh throughout the season he's been inconsistent yeah. he's brought passes sometimes he looked amazing sometimes he jumps over dudes whatever I feel like Two dudes to look for, obviously Curtis Samuel, but Marcus Baugh is gonna be heavily, heavily involved in the passing game, in part to draw heat off of JT Barrett when he wants to like go on design runs and stuff like that. But also yeah. because they just need another receiver. And sure. I think they're I think they're done like praying for the wide receiver core to just like, you know, show themselves. So I think him and, and Curtis Samuel are gonna be the two guys in offense to really look out for. And maybe they maybe they start passing more to to Weber as well. So I You've got to get something going in offense. You have to be consistent in offense. Their secondary, Michigan's secondary, is too damn good to just hope that you're going to be, you know, amazing all of a sudden against them. You got to get creative, and if they can do that, and especially in the second half, they can make adjustments. Uh, a lower scoring game, I think, favors Ohio State in that essence. because I think their defense, Ohio State's defense, is going to get better as the game goes on. Um, because I yeah, really—it's hard to think imagine Michigan getting like... Yeah,
0: I'm with you. It's hard to imagine Michigan getting like three touchdowns. Like, right. I, I don't see Michigan getting 20 points, so it's hard for me to envision that. You know, it's I can't and honestly, I'm so I, kind of excited I, about I a, low a lot of compliment. game.
1: You know, like I, it's yeah. been 40, 40, 40, and I just I want to see some. I want to see a grinded out, old school kind of Michigan Ohio State game that you know that that I used to enjoy. So I'm 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 cool with that. I think that'll be a fun game to watch.
0: Couple of things. This is the 30th. It's been 30 years since Jim Harbaugh guaranteed a victory. <laughs> yeah that's something i mean it was 1986 God, that's crazy so it's been it's been 30 years since he guaranteed a victory it's been 10 years since the game of the century 10 years since bo Beckler died friday before the game which
1: yeah that was yeah it was crazy See, i was
0: so i was in florida at that time and i remember vividly um like people i was covering the university of florida and i was covering urban at florida and i covered florida state as well and i remember the outcry Amy was living at my wife was living in Columbus at the time, and I had flown into Columbus the Sunday after the game because I had covered Florida State, Florida the, the day before. And I said, "I think Florida's going to play for the national title mm. uh, if they win the SEC. I think they're going to play for the national title." And and Amy, my wife, said, now "Everybody here's saying it's going to be Ohio State, Michigan again." And and I remember thinking, that nah, they're not going to do a rematch." And but that was the mentality coming out of that game that there would be a rematch that they would play each other, and then momentum built for florida because florida had that sec championship game at that time the big 10 didn't have a big 10 title game so they played the week you know that that time was before thanksgiving yeah so they still played before thanksgiving and then they waited you know for two weeks and florida got to play florida got to play an sec championship game and that created the buzz that got florida to play for the national title but it's been that long man it's been that long and we have much like in 2006 if you talk about the symmetry much like in 2006, we have national championship consequences because the winner of this game, if it's Mich- Michigan, is the only team in the Big Ten that controls its own destiny. Yep, Ohio State can can put themselves in a really good position. Uh, I think they would be in uh, if they if they win the game. I think it's pretty solid that they're going to be in if they win the game. But um, so it's almost like a, a playoff quarterfinal in that sense. <laughs> Everybody wants an 18 playoff. <laughs> Going to get one on Saturday, you know. Like we haven't had stakes like this in a decade.
1: Yeah. No. Well, and that's the thing. Like it's, I don't. I mean, for Ohio State, I think they have to play really well. I, I don't think it's automatic that they would get in if they beat Michigan. I, I think that they they have to play really, really well. Um, because I think there are going to be some people on that committee who are going to look for reasons to put in other teams. And I I don't know why I'm worried about that, but it just it's it's I think that's I know the Ohio '90s State child the in you. Probably, yeah. It's (laughs) that's
0: what I think. Because I think
1: check like no, all all success is fleeting. Everything's going to go bad. Um, but (laughs) terrible. Yeah,
0: I think in the end, though. I mean, I think everything that happened—the Clemson loss, the Washington loss—all those things that happened. True. um, Yeah. It now it's to the point where there just aren't that many quality teams to put in. This is not a great year in college football. I mean, this Ohio State team has a lot of flaws. If you want to compare this to. You you compare this to the really the 2012, the 13, certainly the 14, and even the 15. I think of the team, of the, of those four teams, to me, this is Urban's weakest team in five years just because of the inconsistencies on offense. Obviously, defensively, they're incredibly talented, but offensively, you just almost don't know what you're going to get week to week. Um, and I, I mean, they always had the one thing they had in 2012 and 2013 was they had Braxton Miller. And in 2013, they had Braxton Miller and Carlos Hyde and in 14, obviously we know what happened in 14 and 15, they had every, all of those guys. So offensively, like this team is just kind of uneven. Um, and yet I th- I do think that because of the schedule, they, you know, because they have the Oklahomas and they, they played the schedule they played. If they win, it'd be hard to keep them out. And I could still see two big 10 teams in it. And if Michigan wins and obviously they control, they can go to the big 10 and they can win the big 10 and they can, they can do it that way. So um, Just a lot on a lot of online for Ohio State because certainly with a loss, you know, they're probably going to have to play in the Orange Bowl, I suppose, or maybe the Rolls if it worked out, but that would be a huge letdown compared to what everybody's been gearing up for.
1: Yeah. I mean, and, and honestly, especially with the, you know, 2016 wasn't necessarily supposed to be the year, but I think with all the expectations that people had after the first month of the season, you want to see them be able to make that challenge. And when you're one game away, win the game, right? Win that one game, Yep. take your best shot, try to get the best that you can out of this season. And honestly, like for me, they have outperformed expectations overall, but that doesn't matter at this point. You have to win that last game, and especially when it's Michigan. And I... Man, I, I it has been so long since I've had to absorb 365 days of thinking about this. I don't want to yeah. have to go back to that. And I know that by <laughs> Friday, I'm going to be like at DEF CON 1 where I'm just going to be tearing my <laughs> hair out. And like, this is the end of the world. And yeah. it's just, and I, again, I miss that feeling so much. And I, I love that I still feel that way. Because, you know, sometimes you think you get a little jaded about this stuff. But man, I'm like... JT Barrett better be on point. Mike yeah. Weber better start getting. That's those okay. Like,
0: that's healthy.
1: I really care.
0: I think that's beautiful. I think that's, that's why it means what it does. You know, I had, we did the television show today and Zach Bourne, who uh, if you haven't checked out the television show, I highly recommend it. If for no other reason to watch Zach cause he's really good at TV. Oh and, yeah. And I mean, he's got a million and 10 things in, on his plate, but um, over the course of this season, he's become a really good television guy. Great. Uh, you know, just will say anything honest, Very candid. And so we did a breakout segment where I just talked to him about it. And we were talking. And I said, uh, I was asking him about Bo. And, you know, his dad, of course, played for Bo. And he tells this story, you know, about how basically Bo Schimbeckler was his uncle, essentially. (laughs) Like he was Uncle Bo. He signed several times a year. Uh, They'd go to Michigan games three or four times a year. And I thought about Zach from the perspective of he's such an interesting candidate, a person to, to discuss because. This is a guy who, until his brother, when he was a junior in high school, Justin left Michigan. And up until that point, Zach Bourne, from the time he was born, had thought of nothing but maize and blue. Right. Had thought of nothing but Michigan football. Loved Michigan football. And his family, with the decision to replace Lloyd Carr with Rich Rodriguez, which led to to Justin Bourne leaving Michigan, flipped like that. From a Michigan family to an Ohio State family, and I thought about this is a guy who knew Bo intimately, who was recruited to Ohio State by Jim Tressel, who was coached by Urban Meyer. Like, think about the perspective that he has, and then if you add to that the fact that his older brother is, I think, one of only two people to play for both Ohio State and Michigan in the Ohio State-Michigan game, right. and the other one happened a hundred years ago, um, and the uh, and the fact that Zach is is responsible for one of the plays that will be in every Ohio State-Michigan montage from now until the end of time. <laughs> you will you see have. him standing over Devin Gardner from now until the end of time. It was a fascinating conversation, and it, we had a lot of fun. And I, so that show's going to air a lot this week. So if you get a chance uh, to check it out, I, I encourage it on Time Warner Cable Sports Channel because Zach was great, and he's got such an incredible perspective. That's just a, a perspective unlike any other.
1: Right. And by the way, you know who's really confused in that family is Jacoby, who as a kid... Yeah. <laughs> watching his older brothers you know like yeah michigan's great and then all of a sudden one yeah. day he's like nope high state family now kid sorry
0: <laughs> i mean isn't that crazy
1: yeah that's unbelievable yeah, that's
0: crazy and i you know zach talked about it. he goes you know like all the connections and stuff that he made at ohio state and columbus was always going to be home whether they were ohio state people or michigan people but now it's a totally different thing because they're ohio state people in columbus I yeah. mean, they were michigan people in columbus i mean from a business standpoint all of it just a fascinating, and it all—if if Lloyd Carr remains the coach at Michigan, all of them go to Michigan. Right? They all—they all do. <laughs> and that's those. There, are, there are things like that that are that are intertwined in this game. If you think about, you know, Urban Meyer assistant coaching at Ohio State and Jim Harbaugh playing quarterback at Michigan. If you think about Bo and Woody on the same staff, both at Miami, all the things—that's what makes it special. That's why it's unique. And that's why they they were going to play for the 113th time. And it, it means what it means. And anybody listening to this knows that. But um, it's one of those things where it, understand how special you've got it. Yeah. Because not everybody has something like this. There's a lot of places where they love their college football and they don't have something like this. And you do. And you're going to get it on a very big stage on Saturday. And I think that's very cool.
1: You know what's beautiful about that is that we talked about those superstar coaches, but – they're still Ohio State and Michigan kids, right? They're still, and they're coming back. And, and that's, Absolutely. isn't that insane? Like you, you, you watch these guys go on to an insane, crazy success. You know, Jim Harbaugh is a, a you know, NFL coach and, and Urban Meyer's down in Florida winning championships. And yet yep. at a roughly the same point in their lives, they converge back onto this rivalry right as we all do at some point like if you are part of this it never ever leaves you and I think both Jim Harbaugh and uh, Urban Meyer are perfect examples of that you can't escape it it's going to be there it's going to be part of your life you're going to come back to it at some point I think it's unbelievable that they have come back to it at the same point in their lives to go coach those teams and what now has national championship implications so I think that's that's really cool to me that's like you know jefferson and adams dying on the same day 50 years after yeah. the the declaration of independence right like, right yeah. it's just it, it's a crazy coincidence um but it just makes the rivalry all that much better and and just those little stories i mean zach born's family and you know urban meyer come back to ohio state and jim harbaugh being insane and reliving his childhood like those are the things that make us want to revisit this every single year, because it's not necessarily about the outcome of the game. I mean, it is 100% about the outcome of the game. Sure. But. Yeah. <laughs> but it's you know, also everything else into it. And I don't know, I, you know, cause I watched that documentary on the big 10 network about uh, the 2006 game. And I remember mm-hmm. that entire week really vividly. Like I went to the mirror, like jump, I saw the dead Becklers perform uh, at uh, you know, on, on high street. Um, you know, I, I went to the game obviously and I ran out on the field, and, and just that's a huge part of my life like, just those sure. memories. And I want other people to be able to experience that. And so, I, you know, the fact that we can keep perpetuating this with mm-hmm. stories, with you know, memories and all this stuff that's really special to me. And uh, I'm gonna be watching this game and I'm gonna be sweating buckets the entire time, like, it's gonna be awful but I'm going to love it. And I think that's that perfectly encapsulates the experience of being an Ohioan <laughs> is that yeah. it's awful and it's terrible, but you can't help, but love it and you can't help, but be drawn back to it. And I just think that's really great.
0: I agree with you, my friend. And, and also boy, this is a good time because the, you're not, it's this, I think this is only this I've been playing 113 years, only the second time during that stretch where you have worthy adversaries on each side. I mean, Trestle yeah. and Carr was nice, but this is on another level than even that. This is yeah. Bo Woody, and you're gonna—I don't know how long you're gonna get it. I don't know if it's gonna last ten years. Um, I kind of doubt that it will. But if it lasts five or seven, understand that you're in the middle of a just a unbelievable time to watch this game and enjoy it, and it's gonna be fun. The build-up over. Enjoy your, you know, Thanksgiving. Eat your turkey. Uh, Friday will be kind of that that awkward day of waiting and then Saturday (laughs) at high noon you kick it so I mean it's going to be awesome uh all right buddy it's been fun uh you got anything do we need anything else we need any other business we need to attend to
1: so tell you what the ask us anything questions we will definitely address those next week we wanted to dive deep into the Michigan you know rivalry this week we will definitely get to those um but honestly just enjoy the game like try to try to stay frosty through Friday and then lose your mind on Saturday and I think we're gonna have a good time I think it'll end up you know doing going pretty well for us.
0: Yeah, I'm with you. I feel really good. I, I feel so much better this week than I did last week. Um, I just, uh, their quarterback thing, and I just think Urban's too smart not to have Curtis saying he'll do a lot. So yes. I just think it's a tough matchup for Michigan. So I feel pretty confident, and, um, I think you'll be enjoying a, uh, a very nice Saturday after Thanksgiving. So, all right, buddy, it's been fun. And, um, Next week, we'll be be breaking down the win, hopefully, and looking ahead. Maybe Michigan State pulls the upset. Maybe we can talk about a Big Ten championship game. We'll, We'll see.
1: I'd be all about that. That'd be amazing. That would be. All right, buddy.
0: Have a good holiday. You too.